Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and I have a brand new co-host for this episode, and her name is Sam Balch. Hello! <laughs> I said it funny because we were laughing about it, but the listeners won't know that because we weren't recording then. It's an inside joke. You don't get involved. You're, but... you're two minutes in as a co-host, and you've got an inside joke already. Yes. <laughs> what do you want people to know about you? Why should they listen to you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, maybe instead of why you should listen to me, I'll just tell you about me Perfect. and then you decide if I'm any sort of authority at all. Right. Um, right. They should listen to you because I said so. Right, because yeah. Heather mailed me and said be on my podcast. Right, um, okay, go ahead. So I am currently the two- and three-year-old teacher at the San Diego Rescue Mission Children's Center. We are a private nonprofit program in downtown San Diego that serves students ages two through five experiencing homelessness or transition, which is sort of hard to qualify and quantify, um, depending on who you ask. The numbers I have from 2017, I have not seen the numbers from 2018 yet, but from 2017, um, the numbers were, I believe, 24,000 students in San Diego County were considered homeless. Holy Toledo. Um, So that could be living completely unsheltered on the street, that could be living in a shelter, that could be doubled up um, with another family somewhere. It's actually, if you care about those sort of issues at all, which I hope you do, Mm -hmm. it is interesting to look into how we define those things. So San Diego has the eighth largest population of humans in the country and the fourth largest homeless population. Oh, my goodness. So it is something of an epidemic around here. We're working on figuring it out, and that is why our program exists. We are relatively small. Um, There are two classrooms. We serve a total of 21 students at any given time. So little program, but we do big work. Yay. Well, great. That would be so intense. I can't even imagine. I did a three years at a youth center um, where the kids were people call them at risk but I don't like that yeah it was market that was a marketing term for all intents and purposes at that program but um, but I just remember the needs being so big and like I I would there was a period of time where I would dream that babies were crying and I couldn't find them and my friend Jenny who has a dream dictionary said I don't even need to look at my dictionary I know (laughs) I know what that means. Yes, I, I know exactly <laughs> what that means. I know how that feels exactly. as well. Um, so, um, so good for you. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad they have you. Um, uh, but let's let's talk about some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's well, let's move on from the horrible. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this quote is because I think it really applies, especially to the students that I work with and people oh. with similar kinds of students. I want to uh-huh. like touch on that. Okay. So, let's All get right. into Let's do it. Okay. Um, I want to apologize in advance, too, to people who are listening, because I've had this cough for like three weeks, and I keep waiting for it to go away, and it's not going away, so I just have to record with it. <coughs> but I'll try at least not to cough into the microphone. 
Um, okay, so we're going to do a quote by, uh, this is from Dan Hodgins from his book, Get Over It, which is about helping children with their behavior. Um, and I, I love the title because um, it's it, it just gets right to the heart. <laughs> Very Dan Hodgins. You just got to get to the point with you. Right, right. And I think, um, I think it's a great piece for anyone to read who works with young children. But here's the quote we want to talk about. Adults working with young children waste a great deal of energy engaging in conflict with them under the guise of discipline. So when I emailed out the quotes that I was looking for co-hosts with, Sam, you said that you had a really visceral reaction to this. I did. And so, so just tell me or tell folks if, if you remember what that reaction was. Um, what was I it mean, that grabbed you with this a one? Lot, a lot of I feel like Dan Hodgins' <laughs> quotes – um, it's almost like somebody slamming my fingers in a door. It's like that sort of like, ah, reaction. <laughs> because it's just like, that's such a succinct way to put it. Uh-huh. You know, how many times have we been around students and seen this or sometimes maybe even participated in, it's time to clean up? No, it's time to clean up. No, I said it's time to clean up. And then it devolves into not even being about cleaning up anymore. Now we're just angry. Right, right. Now, all emotion there was there's no there's no way to get out of this with a healthy relationship now it's completely eroded mm-hmm. um i have like an anecdotal example from today Ooh. i was thinking about uh-huh. so a student who i will call zachary um was he'd finished his snack and gone over to play with a little wooden castle and He did not throw his snack away. I was sort of near him. He was by the sink playing. I was helping another student wash her hands. So I said, oh, Zachary, you got to throw your snack away because you're you're all finished. And he didn't say anything. So at that point, I have two options. (laughs) Either tell him again more firmly or maybe he didn't hear me. Uh So help the student finish washing her hands. Go over to Zachary. Hey, Zachary, you need to throw your snack away. Looks at me, no. Okay. He is now mad. So either I can join his anger and start the conflict that this quote was talking about, or I can take a step back and try and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I took a breath, and I sort of sat back for a moment and watched. And he was putting, there are these little knights and this dragon that comes with this castle that he was playing with. And he's putting, (laughs) but every time he would move, he would look up. Because there were about two other students sort of loitering around. So I, f- I say, Zachary, are you worried someone's going to touch this? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to stand here. And I put my arms out to, like, uh-huh. the whole thing. I'm going to stand here and I will tell everyone they can't touch it while you go throw your snack away. And he stands up and goes to throw his snack away. Mm-hmm. So my options in that moment were react to his behavior, which could be defined as defiant and oppositional and rude, or I could respond to the need. And the need he had was to know no one's going to touch his stuff. (laughs) And did I look very silly? I did. I was standing around and I was kind of playing it up a little Uh bit. Walking is like, oh, we can't touch this right now because Zachary's going to come right back. So you can look at it, but you can't touch it. And all the other students respected that. They were kind of looking at me like, "What? why is she like a hawk? Uh-huh. She's hovering around this castle. And it was totally seamless. Yeah. And not everything can happen that way, right. obviously. 
Exactly. Right. It won't always have the happy ending. Yeah. It will not always. <laughs> but when we try and reframe how we view discipline and the functions of behavior, uh-huh. we can start to do more of that and find ourselves not getting into these power struggles and being so angry. Right. I think we have to first think about what frame we're in ourselves before we're looking at what frame we're putting behavior in. And I, 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 you're nodding. I I thought you probably would agree with that, but there, there's so many adults in that situation who would have seen their job as teacher to be, to have control, to get the kid to listen, quote unquote. Um, and, and that's where, that's where the conflict comes in immediately because you, you, have a different definition of teaching. So my definition of teaching is just what you did. I figured out what the, what the problem was and that's what I addressed. And I taught, you know, you taught Zachary. Maybe next time he'll, he'll feel like he can explain to you what he needs to have happen before he can go throw that snack away. Um, so I think in both instances, our pretend teacher and you have teaching again air quotes that listeners can't see um in mind but a very different framework for what yes what that looks like and that's that's hard i think i've talked about this before on our shameless plug for the wednesday night early childhood education chats that all of you send um you really should it's so fun so fun (laughs) depending on when you got into this field how you got into this field you might have a different idea on what you need to do in those moments. Uh-huh. Is your goal to have children comply uh-huh. to everything you say, or is your goal to have them work through problems and be able to verbalize their feelings and wants and needs? Uh-huh. I can tell you which one I think it should be. <laughs> um, I hope listeners also deduce which one I think it should be. Some of them will will figure it out. Some of them are pretty sharp. <laughs> Of the four people who listen to this podcast. And one of them will be my mother this and, time. So. And two of us are talking. <laughs> oh, good. Your mom's coming in. Hi, Sam's mom. <laughs> um, so I think part of it comes down to um, what we believe about children. Yes. Also. So again, it's t- to start out with, again, our own framework before we talk about framing the behavior. If we believe that children are competent and wanting to be in relationship with us and wanting to do what's right and, and you know, just kind of inexperienced in life in general, we will respond very differently than if our belief is they will get away with whatever they can if we don't, you know, put the hammer down. Right. This this idea, even even sometimes when people are looking for the reason behind a behavior, those reasons are also, you know, well, he's just trying to get his way or he's just being manipulative or he just needs, you know, he's just trying to get his needs met. Well, who on earth would not want to meet a child's need? Why on earth would we categorize that as a negative? But we do in in the field a lot of times and that is where for me my attention well then give them attention right that is where my experience in the school that i work at with the population i work with really comes into play because i feel like i read and i have heard from so many educators in 
high need schools, so poor schools, Title I schools, whatever you want to call them, saying, well, they need tough love and they really need discipline. They need structure but, and high expectations. Yes, all of these things. So I can't let them explain to me their feelings because I need them to comply with what I am telling them right now. Yeah. That is, that is what I need to do as a disciplinarian because otherwise it's total chaos. Right. right. When if you start to peel back the layers, it's total chaos because their life might be a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. Chaos might be what's really comfortable for these students. <laughs> I have a yes. student who today running circles in the room when everyone else is asleep. I'm not exactly sure why. I would guess it has something to do with the idea of a dark room with quiet music and hushed tones mm. is incredibly stressful. Right. That's like, not a comfortable not, situation for most, for some might, people. That might not be how the student falls asleep. Yeah. So the student is now trying to create a sense of comfort and normalcy mm-hmm. in what perceiving to be chaos as right as well anything that any child that's experienced trauma is going to react to situations that remind them of that trauma in ways that sometimes might manifest themselves that match up to those checklists of oppositional defiance Uh or rude or mean or intellectually um, intellectual disability or a development disability when in reality it might just be an impact of trauma that they've had. Right. Right. So all of these things come into play. And if your goal with discipline is to punish a child and make them suffer uh-huh. for doing things that are appropriate for their situation. Yeah. Take a step back. Yeah. There's another another Dan that I go to a lot on the topic of behavior. Um, Dan. Oh, Gartrell. Sorry, I almost lost his name. Um, who also I want to adopt me as my grandpa. And also I may have chased him around a conference fangirling a few years ago. (laughs) Um, Anywho, he says, um, oh God, how does he say it? Uh, Punishment is, or something like discipline is punishing a child for... Discipline is helping a child solve a problem and yes. punishment is making them suffer for a making problem. Them suffer for a problem, yes. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for saving that. I can't believe that I drew a blank on that quote because I use it all the time. It's a fantastic quote. Yeah, yeah. So it again, really it's that feeling. You know, we talked about one of you know having high expectations for these these um, sort of special populations of children, and so often what that ends up looking like is what you've described holding them to standards that they can't possibly meet because of their inexperience and their history and that, you know, sometimes it's trauma. Um, My idea of having a high expectation for a child is believing that Zachary knows what he, that he needs something from me and believing that if I just slow myself down, he will show me what he needs. Yes. And, and that with my help, he can then achieve whatever it is I need him to achieve. And God, which job would you rather have? The one where you are constantly pissed off at children for not listening or the one where you're constantly looking for what they need and trying to help them find that? Yes, I, I find it fun. Like, I, find it, I find this job fun in right. so many ways because I am solving puzzles all day long. Right. I am thinking to myself, why is she climbing up there? <laughs> Why is, 
why is that what's happening right now? And maybe it's because she wants me to come over and talk to her because I haven't talked to her in a few minutes. Uh-huh. Feeling like she needs some attention. Maybe it's because there's something up there that I forgot I put up there <laughs> that she really, really wants. And yeah. she's done waiting for me. Right. Or maybe it's that she just really needs to do some climbing. <laughs> maybe she's been sitting in the stroller all morning and now she's here and there's a little more space in here and she's not going from appointment to appointment she would like to climb now she would like to use her body Uh and keep those muscles moving yeah so i can either pull her down and say no or i can say is there something you need do you want to go climb let's climb here let's climb on the gym yeah and imagine the toll it would take on your your ego and your sense of identity and your sense of, you know, being a worthy self. If your your current skill level, you're constantly receiving the message that your current skill level just makes the adults in your life crazy. Yes. Um, and that you're such an inconvenience for these important people. Yes. That my the needs I have aren't welcome in this classroom. Mm-hmm. The needs I have make this woman tell me I'm bad mm-hmm. or tell me no all the time. I can't do the things I want to do and I need to do them because my body keeps telling me to do it. Yeah. What am I supposed to do now? Then that child's going to shut down. That child's not going to like coming to school. That child is not going to be able to hold it in for very long. Mm-hmm. If you force them to hold it in in early childhood, that's how they get to second grade and they're told they have ADHD mm-hmm. and they're told they need to be on medication. Oh, they need pull out for reading. Also, they really shouldn't be in this room for math because this math's a little too advanced for them. Mm-hmm. And all of these problems start, but if we're here at the baseline telling them, no, your needs are important. Your needs do matter. I'm here to help figure them out. Yeah. Then we can help change that whole trajectory. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the amount of time that children spend with, um, you know, child care people, their child caregiver, their provider, um, that's really where they're learning about how to be in relationships. Yes. And that carries with them. Relationships. Um, and I, I think so. So when I when I end up talking to people who are doing the work daily about these ideas that I have about what we do with children who have, quote, unquote, misbehaviors or just behaviors now is the new euphemism they're they're presenting behaviors um you know they just want i get it it's a stressful situation and you just want to know what to do because you feel like you're being judged by how under control your classroom is or you know the parent who sees what looks like chaos so so what i always say is i'm not looking for you to have the right answer i'm looking for you to be looking for an answer and not just having a knee-jerk reaction Yes. And and so what does this child need from me? What does he need to learn to do better or she so that this mistake doesn't keep happening? Um, what would I you know, the other example I use a lot is I have a I have a it's like a worksheet that I use when I do trainings on behavior. And uh, one column is developmental mistakes like can't get the puzzle in the p- in the puzzle or the piece in the puzzle. Um, writes a letter in their name backwards, says sparkly instead of sparkly, is too short to reach the drinking fountain, um, calls a cat a dog, falls off the balance beam. And then the second column is a whole list of typical discipline kind of responses that I see in child care programs all the time. And I tell people to draw a line 
to the correct response. And they all just kind of pretend they're and they start looking at each other's papers to see who's getting. And then finally someone will say, I don't think any of these are the right answer. They're all terrible answers for this. Yeah. So why do we do it when, <laughs> when they're we, making a mistake with emotional exactly. development? Why yeah. do we do it when he hits you? Why do you do it when yeah. you spit in someone's face? Yeah. Like those are behaviors I see a lot. Yeah, and it turns out then when we can when we continue the conversation, and I say, okay, so what what does the child need who's writing a letter backwards in their name? I say, oh, he needs practice. He needs help. He needs modeling. So, okay, so what <laughs> what does this child need who's too short to reach the drinking fountain? Well, we need to change the environment. <laughs> we yes. come up with these wonderful lists that also work with discipline. Exactly, stuff. behavior is a matter. <laughs> skill not will <laughs> it's not that they don't want to be part of a free and democratic society it's that <laughs> they come with all of the emotions and none of the experience right and we need to give them the experience yeah. especially children who are coming from places where they haven't had the chance mm -hmm. to practice that before or good modeling or Please. you know none of us are at our best if we're not getting enough sleep or our relationships are difficult or <laughs> or um, you know, I have students that see spitting as an acceptable form of sure, behavior right. in their home life. Right. It's my job to say, we can spit in the sink. <laughs> yes, uh, spitting is gross. But, yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. all have that, like that one behavior that triggers for us. And we, you um, know, I, I can, I'm the most easygoing teacher in the world, but man, a whiny voice will get me. And I have to just remind myself that she's just trying to get her needs met. Yeah. And if I want her to do it in a different way, then I am the grown-up yes. who should mine teach is, her that. Mine is like, my, my button is like, it's this weird sense of justice I have. Like, if somebody's using a toy and then I see someone from across the room start eyeing it, I like, keep an eye on that student. And then when they go over and take it out of the hands, it might be because I have three siblings, I'll get like... <laughs> on earth I like pop out and then I have to remind myself wait she's two and she wants something right this yeah. is normal yeah. she would like that now <laughs> yeah um and that so that's one of the other things that I like about Dan Gartrell Grandpa Dan not the Dan that was the quote um uh so what Grandpa Dan does recommends is uh to think about children in terms of months old instead of years old because it changes your whole way of thinking. Because I've, I've been, and I've done it, but I've been part of so many conversations where someone will say, he is four years old. He should know better than that. But if you think, he has 48 months of experience on earth. And I, I did the math for me. I have like 750 months of experience or something, you know. Who should have the higher expectation for a change of behavior in right. that situation? Right. I had, I had a parent today who um, came to pick up her child, and her child was so excited, just bounce, literally bouncing up and <laughs> just bouncing. And something knocked off the table, and they kept bouncing. Uh -huh. And the parent was getting very agitated. You're not listening. And I turned to the parent and said, they're two. <laughs> it might be that they actually don't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> They are so excited that you're here right now. Yeah. Let's go on the floor and help pick it up because yeah. I know they're going to join us. Yeah. And they joined us. And then, you know, kind of wandered off. Shoe fell off. Put the shoe back on. They're two. Uh -huh. That's what they do. Uh -huh. 
listening is on. I've got this developing list of words that we should just stop using in early Listen. childhood. And listening is one of them um, because it's just a <laughs> euphemism for blind obedience, unquestioning yeah. compliance. Exactly. And that's not that's not what any of us want in an adult. No. Why would it's we? Why do we think we sh we can hammer that into children and then suddenly at some magical age they can just say no and they can stand up to peer pressure and right. they can make good decisions and be right. in a good relationship, but we've given them no groundwork for it. And you're like, oh, listen, like that phrase, use your listening ears. All That's what ears do. That's the function of ears. They're never not listening. Right. They may not be hearing. Also, it's ableist because not everybody's ears listen. Exactly. That is very true. <laughs> So stop. No, don't say that. Yeah. But that's... Instead, go up to them and talk to them. Yeah. Because when you're yelling, you're not listening from five feet away. Uh -huh. For a two-year-old, that's a very long span. Yeah. There's a lot going on between you and them. <laughs> so why, why bother? Yeah. One of the things that I can always see people want to argue with me about but don't when I'm doing like a training about this is because I, I say all the time adults rarely win a power struggle with a child oh yeah we so never just do. don't try to get into one um and they're always like oh but the adults in control and you can just tell that they want to but, yeah. but it's true you you very rarely walk away feeling good about yourself or your interaction just then and yeah. it's so easy to just not do it <laughs> And for, for people who are wondering in their in their brains, okay, well, how do I not get in a power struggle with a child? Pause. We'll go back to <laughs> thinking about the environment. Uh -huh. Is this environment appropriate for that child? If there's something that child keeps wanting on top of a shelf, maybe take it off the shelf and see what happens. That's, right. that's what you can change an environment. What's the big um, deal about letting them have the thing they're trying right, to climb for? It's not um, think gasoline about or something. Think about developmentally appropriate. If you're asking a 24-month-old to sit for 10 minutes, you shouldn't be asking them to do that. Right. That's not, you're going to be frustrated every time. Yeah. Um, and then developmentally appropriate also in terms of if they've experienced trauma because that changes how your brain develops. Mm -hmm. um, think about their home situation. If they're all of a sudden this child is biting and this child has never been a biter, <laughs> define that as. Right. You know, is grandma sick? Is there a new baby? What else is happening at home? That's where relationships with families really come into play mm -hmm. when things start to get concerning. You're like, oh, this behavior is somewhat unusual. I need to figure out what's happening. Not I need to sit this child down in a stool and say, you need to think about biting. Right. Do not bite. <laughs> oh, man, biting is a whole other hour. <laughs> <laughs> At least I could go on. Um, it entered my life again today after a long absence. <laughs> uh, <welcome> back. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, what else? I, I mean, this is a topic I can rant and rant about. Oh, and, I mean you know, I think part of it, too, is is teacher training, early childhood teacher training. They just You just don't get a lot about social and emotional development and um, or helping with behavior. When I when I have my own college, there's going to be a whole practicum that's just social and emotional, and it's going to be highly supervised. Yes. And I've got it all planned out. I just have to find <laughs> you know where that's going to be. But so that's in that's in my plans. Um, but also there's just there's a child care culture 
people, you know, you, you go into different centers and people make the same kinds of decisions and use this teacher shorthand. And I don't know how it all starts, but, but that's part of it too. Yes. Um, is that Pinterest is to blame. Pinterest is right up there, but I've, my career is longer than Pinterest and I saw it before, but Pinterest is certainly not helping. If I see one more damn stool painted with swirlies and a cute poem about thinking about what I've done. Uh, that helps no child. No guarantees. No, no, it sure doesn't. Especially if your child is two, they literally can't do that. <laughs> Their brain cannot sit back and yeah. think, what's the thing I just did? And how did it hurt somebody sure. else? Or as I'm sure the teacher who has the stool said, don't hurt your friends. When a two-year-old <laughs> doesn't really have any right. friends. I love it when a teacher says, we don't hit. I was like, I like, just I did. I, I literally just did. <laughs> if you're looking for an alternative, um, you can say hitting hurts. Right, exactly. Oh, that hurt him. <laughs> that hurt. He looks sad. Yeah. Mom, I'm tell him to stomp. <laughs> yeah. Timeout's another one because it's hard to talk to people about why that's not a, the best and, answer either because it is certainly better than many other approaches. Sure. I think it's better than spanking your child. Absolutely. But, but if nothing else, it's not effective. No, I mean, it's punishment other than it makes us feel like we've done something and i think a lot of the yeah. problem too is this sense of justice that we have as a country as an american culture that we can't just let people get away with things oh and so if there's not something that looks like we've made them sad for what they did yes then we're not doing our jobs as adults i think, I think that's where um in early childhood you see a lot of that with well this child isn't showing any remorse they're two <laughs> they can only think about themselves you know i always want to come back with where's your remorse for what you said about your co-teacher in the break room yesterday right like Ooh, sassy snap with that one uh, oh i've got those <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean for me time out again is a punishment yeah it absolutely you know? is i there was there was a time yesterday where i I did not have any support in my room at this moment, uh -huh. and there was a student who clearly needed me, but I also had to serve lunch. Sure. I looked at him and said, I need you to go to the gym because I am so uh -huh. angry. Yep. But I have to pour this milk, and I <laughs> want to talk to you, but I can't right now. Yeah. And you wait for me. Right. And I want to say that I think that's really – a great response. I think it's great to be authentic about our emotions in a safe way with children, yeah, in a safe not way. in a scary way, but that's not the same as saying, Oh, it makes me so sad when you don't listen to me because that makes me sad when you hit your friends. That that's is emotional blackmail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's basically emotional abuse. Where it really I, is, yeah. I was honestly angry because I had not had a break. And yeah. Tired. Yeah. And I had three other kids who, also had needs at that moment yeah. in addition to the two other kids who were just existing in the room right so i have enough of a relationship with him where because i've known him for about a year now where i could say i'm really angry i know you need me but i can't come right now because you can't be my priority <laughs> please wait for me i will come over yeah. the book, came over he was pulling some things off of a felt for i said i'm not feeling as angry anymore uh -huh. how are you feeling which like, is I'm also really great modeling for dealing with that strong feeling. I have definitely said to a kid, I'm feeling really angry right now and I don't know what we should do. So I'm going to go 
Yeah, so I need here, a break. I'm going to take a break over here and then we'll talk again. Even with a two-year-old, you know, they still, they may not, but they understand the process right. and the but pattern. And kids pick up so much on body language. Yeah. He saw my face. Oh, yeah. He might not have understood every word <coughs> I was telling him, but he understood enough that he went over, he took some time to himself because we do take a break a lot. Mm-hmm in our space. Mm -hmm. And when I came to him and I said, I want you to come back to our table and eat lunch with us. He said, okay, I want to come back. (laughs) So I did not try to alienate him. I did not try to make him feel bad for what he had been doing, which involved throwing something that I can't even remember now. See, like, but if I had sat in that anger, how much more angry would I be right now? That's right. You know, how much more hard would this job be if I spend my whole day doing that and being angry? Yeah. It'd be way worse. It really is. It's a terrible way to go through the day, I would think. Um, I I think any time that your mind is tending towards what can I do after the fact to make this child feel sorry, you're in dangerous territory and you're not going to be effective. No, um, that is, again, that is manipulating their behavior. That is emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. I'm not saying you need to quit and go hide in a cave for the rest of right. your life. Just take a step Just back. Do some reading about, yeah, do some reading about what behavior does. All behavior is communication. Mm-hmm. Might not love everything it's communicating, mm-hmm. uh, but it, they're trying to tell you something. And really your job is to figure out what that is mm-hmm. and to figure out how to get them that need. And you don't have to fix it all. You just respond oh. to it. There's a difference. React to the behavior or respond to the need. Yeah. yeah. Respond to the need every time. It takes more time, especially when you first start doing it. Yeah. It's harder, but the gains are so much greater. Right. Because then you have a kid who tells you, I'm ready to come back to the table now. Mm-hmm. I want to play with you. I'm going to go throw my snack away. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I remember in one staff meeting a long, long time ago where I was taking away time out from the discipline policy and trying to make that case. And one of the staff said, boy, I remember as a kid, timeouts destroyed me. There's nothing you could do that would make me more upset than a timeout as a defense of timeout, like as an argument against my position. And I was like, why are you here if that is your value for children? Why are you in this job? Reminds me of a quote from Becky Bailey, conscious discipline. Discipline is not something we do to children. It's something we develop within them. Mm -hmm. if If you have a huge, long discipline policy about all of the steps you take when all of these behaviors happen and, you know, we're going to make you sit in timeout, and then we're going to make you write a letter, and then we're going to call your parents. Why are you doing that? What do you, so what do you believe about children? I was just going to say that's very telling about your idea of what the child I'm, is. I'm going to guess that you're coming at it from a deficiency-based, I need to teach them how to obey me and be mm-hmm. compliant, rather than I believe they can create solutions to their problems, and I need to help them figure out how. Right, right. And I will like my job more if yes, I can get to that. Yes, I'll like it, and I'll do a lot of great reading, <laughs> a lot of great people on Wednesday nights. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was fun. We had, well, like six or seven people Wednesday. That was the most yeah. we'd had. I guess it was just last night, but it um, seems like a long time ago <laughs> in my current life. Um, all right, so my voice is starting to go. So, <laughs> so our options are you continue talking alone or we wrap this one up. <laughs> I do usually do that. 
Um, I feel like I feel like we've really hit the main. I do of- too. I mean, I really could go forever about this, oh, but I yeah. think that we got some good some good points in there. Um, there. Maybe we'll do a follow up with some like solution orient, like some more yeah. examples. I think that would be a really good idea. I do agree with that completely. Like it's so easy for us to sit here and rag on all of these things. Right. It is a little harder to then come back and come up with solutions. Right. So I would love to like help people work through some yeah. questions they have yeah. about what is discipline, some people they can look into. Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, um, Conscious Discipline, Becky Bailey, that is a program. Right. Um, She's going to sell you stuff. Right. It's own little thing, but some of the reading is really useful. Uh-huh. Um, Ross Green, he's a little more elementary, um, but he has a lot of great resources on why children behave the way they do. One of my favorite quotes from him is, children will behave if they can. <laughs> um, well, you they're know, always behaving. <laughs> yes. They will follow your expectations. Yes. If they if they're able to, yeah. so those yeah. are some places to start. I mean, yeah, and the Dan Hodgins book that the quote came from is "Get Over It," and then he has another one that's called "Boys." That's about just what it sounds like the challenges that some people have with boys in their classrooms. Those are both ebooks that you have to go to his website for to get, uh, for to get, for to get. <laughs> yeah, it's time to sign off. The words <laughs> the words aren't working anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Come back again for another episode. Bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on.